Hello and welcome to I Cry at Work. I'm your host, Carrie Ann Cashon, a burned out millennial. And today I'm kicking off the podcast, the first episode, just addressing the current state of work in the good old U.S. of A. Cue bald eagle screeching in the background. Assuming you haven't been living under a rock the past year, although the way things are going doesn't sound like that's too bad of an idea, I'm sure you've heard of this thing called the Great Resignation. They make it sound so magical. It's basically just waves of people reevaluating their relationship with work, subsequently leaving it entirely. I was one of them. As a great resigner myself, I feel like I can shed light on what's really happening here. Not the stuff you see in the Deloitte studies or the McKinsey articles, but the unpolished, raw reality of what it's like working in corporate America right now. It's fucking exhausting. (laughs) Every working millennial right now is just running off stress and caffeine. The only thing keeping morale afloat are memes and nostalgia, and the only position we're interested in is fetal. That's the truth. Where's where's that in the Deloitte study? I didn't see that anywhere. And it's not that those studies are all bad. It's just they're they're trying to help explain the, the situation, but they're just missing this this whole underlying truth of how we're feeling, which is we've lost trust in our employers. This is no longer a mutually beneficial relationship. I shouldn't say no longer. That truth has been forming for quite some time. It's just that now we're actually starting to see it. And I actually think it really came to a head this year where we, we had this line in the sand moment with annual raises and everyone's blood pressure just went up by now. Typically, annual raises are a pretty uneventful milestone in corporate every year. It's like you show up, you get your 3%, you do your little evaluation and you call it a day. But this year was different for two reasons. First, we had record profit years as a country. Tons of corporations crush it from a profit level. Second, we have inflation. Yay! And on top of that, employees worked through yet another year of a global pandemic. A lot of us had to work with kids at home and not in school. Some people were working in tandem with grieving a loss of a loved one from COVID, or maybe you even just had COVID yourself, which sucks. It was a tough year. It was a really tough year. But we pushed through and delivered value for our companies. Value to the tune of record profit years. Go us. And then, and then, we get to 2022, where inflation is at a whopping 8.6%, and that's according to May. I just pulled it up. The largest increase Since 1981, millennials have never dealt with this in their working careers. I went to Taco Bell the other day, and it was $26 for two people. Since when did my late-night drunk snack in college become a delicacy? Gas is almost $5 to a gallon. What are we doing? This is crazy. We're all feeling this. It's all feeling the sting of inflation. And then, and then... We log into Zoom for our annual review. Or if your company's ran by tyrants, you walk into your boss's office because they mandated back to office full time for no real reason at all. And then they tell you you're getting a 3% raise. Now, I'm not sure if executives just forgot how to do math, but giving a 3% raise 
during a year when inflation is eight is a pay cut. Okay, still not, if you're still struggling, let me, let me break it down a little bit further. You put the three at the top, then we put the eight below that, subtract the eight from the three, we carry the one, and our result is a dick move. It was a sobering moment for a lot of people. I had one of these moments from personal experience. Granted, mine wasn't this year, it was last year, because I actually resigned before it was cool, before it was a national movement. Hair flip. And mine wasn't annual raises, it was bonus. But basically what happened was I led a pretty big team in 2020. As a company, we crushed the year, highest level of profit ever. My entire team got full bonus, most got more than that. So obviously I was expecting the same, and I didn't even get 80%. And it wasn't even about money for me. It really wasn't. It was about how much of myself I dedicated to that company. I went in office almost 20 Sundays out of that year. Most days got there by 6, wouldn't leave until after 6.30 p.m. Rarely talked to my family, forget friends. I gave everything I had to give of myself to that company, not because I thought I'd make a lot of money. It's just because I gave a shit about their success. As a partner in that work relationship, I wanted to see them succeed. And naturally, I assumed if I helped deliver that value, that they would deliver the value to me. But you know what they say about assuming. Just makes an ass out of you and me. And that's exactly what happened. That's the same way that people are feeling right now after annual raises. It was this moment where we started shifting our mindset about work from a relationship to a transaction. Why would we go above and beyond for our employer that doesn't go above and beyond inflation? This is not mutually beneficial. And for a lot of us, we don't want that. We do want it to be a relationship. It's just that we realize that relationship is with Tristan Thompson or Chad, your douchebag boyfriend from high school that treated you like shit. We all know a Chad. You know, probably has a tattoo that says something like, Pain is weakness, leaving the body. Probably in a language he doesn't speak or have any significant tie to. Doesn't matter how much Chad tells you he loves you. He's gonna keep cheating on you. And that brings me to the first issue we're having with work. A mismatch of words and actions. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. I probably don't even have to explain this. We've all been told we're valued. And then we don't get the raise or promotion we deserve due to budget constraints. Yay. We've all heard the companies that say people are our greatest asset. And then waves of layoffs. Lately, a lot of companies saying how dedicated they are to sustainability and the environment. And then proceed to put more and more plastic shit in the world every year to hit their year-over-year growth for their quarterly earnings. It's exhausting. Stop it, Chad. We want David. You know, like the engineer that your parents like, that calls his mom every week. We want him. Oh my God, it's the worst with corporate values. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. Where it's words that have the polar opposite definition of what actually happens in your company. I worked for a company who had innovation as a corporate value along with every other corporation in America. Really unique, you know. Every time I would bring up innovative ideas, 
they would say that's opportunistic and that I need to focus, that we need to focus. One executive told me, you know, everything looks like a nail when you have a hammer. Which I was like, I don't even think that like applies here, but okay, whatever. The irony of all of it is how many companies probably have integrity as a corporate value. Do they know what that means? Irony of this conversation. Listen, if you have integrity as a corporate value, had a record profit year, and told employees you valued them, and then gave them a 3% raise this year, go fuck yourself. Please. Just walk into the ocean. Here's a real example of a Chad in the wild. UPS. A lot of people probably don't know this, but in 2021, UPS increased their part-time hourly rates from $15 to $18, which still can't even buy Taco Bell with that anymore. They had a record profit year in 2021 after they did that, almost 10 times more than 2020. Then earlier this year, they announced they were decreasing rates back to $15. You know, three gallons of gas. And not in the sense of new hires or something. No, people that were working there, already working there, getting paid $18 an hour, were told they are now going to make $15 an hour. Because why say thank you to your employees for helping you make the most money you've ever made in your history? When you could just say fuck you. I read about that a few months ago, but just for funsies, I looked up their core values today. I can't even make this shit up. Integrity is first on the list. Integrity. It is the core of who we are and all we do. Next to a little heart icon, of course. After that, we got all the other cliches, teamwork, sustainability, innovation. Yep, gang's all here. It's interesting is they have safety, and their definition says the well-being of our people is of utmost importance. What a chad. So what you say and what you do and that not lining up is the first big issue we're having. The second issue we're having with work is this. We design the workplace in a way that just isn't human. As it is today, it's not an environment humans can really thrive. I find it funny with all these studies and recommendations on burnout that most of the answers are to either remedy the damage you experience from work, hello, self-care and meditation apps, or Remove yourself from the work environment more frequently. Ah, yes, taking a vacation and improving your work-life balance. Have we ever stopped to wonder if so many humans are struggling to thrive in the workplace, maybe it isn't the humans that are the problem? I don't know, crazy thought, but... Maybe, just maybe, the workplace isn't an environment that humans can thrive. I don't know. It's like taking a fish out of water, wondering why it can't breathe, and then McKinsey consultants like do some Googling with their Ivy League degrees and conclude it needs a mental health webinar. 
It's not that humans shouldn't or can't work. It's just that the current way of work is not constructed that's natural to us. I was listening to this podcast the other day with Brene Brown, and I really like something she said about this. She said, we are emotional beings. We are not just cognitive beings who on occasion are plagued by a feeling. We are emotional beings who on occasion think. And it just makes you remember, oh yeah, that is our species. That is how we're wired. I forgot. And yet we design work to take human emotion and feelings out of everything, wherever possible. Avoid feelings at all costs. Always use numbers. Quantify everything. Don't cry at work. So this brings me to the shift we need to make, which is to make the workplace a better environment for humans. Easier said than done, I know. But we have to start somewhere. And I have some suggestions on things we need to change. And I know what you might be thinking. Are you even qualified for this? And my answer to that question is nope. Unless you count the minor I got in sociology. And I was today years old when that finally came in handy. But no, on paper, I'm not an HR professional. I don't conduct various surveys and run research. But I'm not sure those things are fixing the workplace either. So as one human with some empathy, here's what I got, given it the old college try. The first thing we need to change is quantifying humans, the practice of quantifying humans. Everything we do at work is quantifiably tied to business value. Everything. Even these research studies about burnout and employee motivation is doing that. They are literally asking people to share their emotions, taking the emotion out of the emotions, turning them into numbers, and then quantifiably tying them to business value. So backwards. I read one today on Inc. Quote, unquote, research found that effective recognition programs can save businesses with around 10,000 employees up to 16.1 million a year in turnover. All that is saying is recognize your employees when they do a good job. That is it. Why do we need to tie $16 million to just recognizing your employees? Why does being a decent human being require a business case now? I don't know how we got here where we now do this, but that is what we do. We, we have to build a business case every time we want to be a decent human being. It's almost impossible to read an article or study on workplace motivation and morale without seeing a number in the article tied to a business value. It, it, it's like all these things are attempting to build a business case for just basic humanity. It's so demoralizing. Listen, if you're considering something you know would benefit employees and it doesn't cost you anything, you should do that. You shouldn't ask what it's going to bring. You should just do that. If you're considering something that does have an investment that you know would benefit your employees, if your gut says you should do that and it's not going to really cause damage or put you in the red or bankrupt you, you should do that. And I think this one unfortunately, might be the hardest for people to change because we have been so conditioned to think this way. 
even myself, I was listening to this podcast with Dan Price, the CEO of uh, Gravity Payments the other day. He's the guy with the long brown hair you see pop up on your LinkedIn feed, posts that feel like therapy about how to treat employees well, almost like a corporate Jesus. He's also the guy that raised all his employees' minimum salary to $70,000 a few years ago and slashed his million-plus salary to $70,000 as well to make sure it could happen. And that's what he was talking about on this podcast. And inevitably, the host asks what the results have been after he implemented that. So he starts spitting numbers about the increase in employee home ownership. He said numbers about increasing family additions, people having more kids or adopting more, all these really, really great things. And still, my dumb corporate brain was sitting there the entire time like, Dan, please say how much your profit increased or top line or something. How sad is that? And just FYI, he did eventually get to that and it was something impressive. But it goes to show how conditioned we are to be like, what did treating humans well do for your profit? If he has a positive number, maybe more companies will treat us well too. Oh, it's so sad. So I think this one will be a lot harder to adopt. But if we do continue to be in these discussions where we're asking what the business value will be of treating employees well, I would say just think of it this way. What we're actually asking is what is the ROI of being a decent human being? And hopefully that helps you realize how fucked up it all is. So moving on, the next thing we need to change is uniformity. No one human is exactly the same as another human in a multitude of ways. No one. So why have we designed work as if we are? Who are we trying to fool? pretending to be robots like we're not fooling anyone no one's the same so why have we designed it as if we are we've done everything we possibly can to remove variation from the workplace we have grades we have ratings feedback loops we dictate when how and where someone works this is especially important when it comes to actually making progress in diversity equity and inclusion just think of job descriptions. We meticulously outline exactly what mold someone has to fit in before they can even have a conversation with our company. And I know what the backlash or argument with this would be. And it's, well, the lack of variation makes things more efficient. But that concept comes from like Henry Ford era, when humans literally were cogs in a machine during manufacturing process. Their output wasn't from their brain. It was from physical labor. It's completely different. For what's now called knowledge workers, variation's a good thing. And if you want to argue about efficiency and you have multi-hour standing meetings where people have to present PowerPoints on information that could have been a dashboard, you have no rights to talk or argue about efficiency. Or maybe you had those rights for the last 50 years, but I'm pulling a Supreme Court on your ass. No more rights for you. See what I mean by hiding under that rock sounding like a better and better idea? Just give people some goddamn room to have autonomy over how their work is done. 
And the final thing that needs to change has to do with leadership skills, specifically listening. Leaders need to seriously step up their listening skills. And I think a lot of people would say leaders are good listeners, and I don't disagree, but the difference is in the intent. It's a difference in listening with the intent to reply versus listening with the intent to understand. Today, I would argue most leaders listen with the intent to reply. And that's not always a bad thing. It helps form the logical information about running the business. But that's IQ. Listening with the intent to understand is EQ. It's emotional intelligence. I think most people would agree. A lot of CEOs and and high-up executives don't always come across as the most emotionally intelligent and warm human individuals. Have you ever seen Mark Zuckerberg speak? But it's also important to remember you can only listen if someone's talking to you. So leaders not only need to get better about listening as an act, but they need to ask for that input in a way that people feel safe. I always recommend regular anonymous surveys where you ask about pain points and suggestions and areas to improve. And I see a lot of leaders are hesitant to do this, and I've never understood why. Just because you don't ask the question doesn't mean the answer isn't there. As a leader, you should want to hear these things. And if you're too scared or fragile to hear that things are not perfect and that there are things that frustrate your team, then you don't belong in that seat. Like, do everyone a favor and please leave. Because that's the difference between you and them. You can actually do something about these problems, and they cannot. You can actually change things. They can't. So ask them, listen to them, and do something about it. Well, that is it for this week, the first of many of these discussions. I'm really excited about this podcast because I feel like we've got to bring some realness into this conversation. We've got to bring it back to being human. And humans are storytellers. And I feel like that's what's been missing from these conversations. So we'll keep it going. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate the support. If you liked it, please subscribe, leave a review, all the things. You can follow on social at Workplace Tears, workplacetears.com. And I'd love to hear from you. If you have a shitty work story, shitty boss, topic you'd like to hear, feedback, really anything, I'd love to hear from you. Thank you again so much for listening. I will see you next week for another episode of I Cry at Work. I cry at work.